Hey, 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 kingdom citizens. I want to say good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you may be in the time zone. I bring you greetings, grace and peace unto you. I thank God for allowing us both to be here. You know, for us both to be here in the land of the living. A time that is denied to many, but God saw fit for us to be here. And we thank him for his new mercies. New mercies that we see each and every morning. They fill us not. And for that we say thank you. The music that you hear in the back, I do not own the rights to the music that you hear in the background. But I thank God for being able to be able to utilize certain music just to kind of help bring in the flow of what needs to be said and done in this time and this very hour. As I begin to prepare, and you know, I've been for this month just talking about follow me. The favorite, one of the, the most notorious words that Jesus spoke. Two words, but it has so much impactive power. is follow me. Jesus said, follow me 13 times in the gospel. He used the two simple words to call Peter, Andrew, James, and John, and most of his disciples. Can you imagine that? Just take a mental representation right now. Let's do a mental representation of just seeing Jesus walking by and he just look over at you and say, follow me. He look over on the other side and look at your friend and say, follow me. He look behind and he, he, he going through and passing by and he look to another family member and say, follow me. That is what he was looking for. And that is what he's looking for even now. Are you willing to follow him? Are you willing to pick up your cross and follow him? Most people like the comfort of having rules to follow. Rules give us a clear understanding of what is expected. Obey the rules and we feel safe, confident in our actions and assured of the positive outcomes. However, a sense of focus on rules can make us arrogant and judgmental. Let me say that again. However, a sense of focus on rules can make us arrogant and judgmental. Think about the scriptures and when Jesus began to walk the earth. The Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees and those who rulers and rabbis and doctors and, and Lord, they, they was steadily coming at Jesus trying to change him rather than changing. Jesus did not give us a rule book. The Holy Bible is not a rule book. Instead, he said, follow me. The important difference between the rule keeping and, and Jesus following is where we place our focus. Follow me. The Bible was written by holy men of God to help believers understand what it meant to follow, be a follower of Jesus. Jesus extending an invitation to follow. And I, I say it's more than an invitation. It's almost like it was a command. To follow to every single kind of person imaginable. Rich people, poor people, people who were spiritual, people who weren't, weren't spiritual. He didn't place a bunch of conditions on his offer. He just simply said, follow me. Follow me. 
One account of Jesus inviting someone to follow him is found in the gospel written by Matthew. Matthew was one of Jesus' followers. In this part of his gospel, he tells a story about himself. The story introduced us to the profound but simple idea of following Jesus. And this is what Matthew wrote. Matthew 9 and 9, he said, And Jesus went on from there. He saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. One translation said and he immediately followed him. Wasn't no delaying. Wasn't no uh, uh, putting off or I'll come back next year, next week. I'll do it then. No, he immediately followed him. How radical was Jesus' call to Matthew? When all eyes was on the Son of God, he chose to reach out to a tax collector. Was he approving of Matthew's life? Was he saying even indirectly that sin didn't matter? Absolutely not. But he was willing to be chosen. He chose Matthew for a time such as he needed him for. Many are called. And few are chosen. Think about it. You know, one of the one of the questions that I pose in one of the last segments is who are you following? Talk about one of your favorite bosses, coaches, or teacher friend who made it easy for you to follow that person. Can you think of one? Jesus was calling these men to leave their livelihoods immediately and to physically and spiritually follow him. Jesus was a rabbi, a teacher, and for him to ask them to follow him in his travels and learn from him was an honor. It said multitudes was following Jesus. His fame went out throughout the whole country. So when Jesus handpicked them to follow him, that was an honor. Let me just remind you, take a, just take a pause right there. The scripture said you didn't choose Jesus, Jesus chose you. Sometimes I had to tell God, I didn't choose this for my life. You chose it for me. You saw the need of me being in the fold, in the vineyard. The most excellent rabbinical student, rabbinical student would never have left school to take a trade job such as fishing or tax collecting. So for these men, it meant continuing their spiritual education with the Messiah himself. Even if they weren't exactly sure what that meant. Think about it. The most excellent rabbinical student would never have left school to take a trade job such as fishing or tax collecting. But these men that Jesus chose, handpicked, it's the meant continuing their spiritual education. I tell people all the time, I'm in SHSU, Holy Spirit University. 
And I'm telling you, you cannot go wrong in the spiritual education with the, the Messiah, with the Holy Spirit, with paraclete, with holy comfort, the advocate. At, look, he's an advocate, counselor, wise in all his knowing. Even when I don't even know what it means. Even though I don't even know the full scope of what he will have us to do. But to just know that we are following him. But for some who spent his life feeling despised. You think about Matthew. He spent his life feeling despised. But here he have Jesus call him to be a follower. Must have felt wonderful. It must have been a sight and he was elated for that very call. He watched him intensively that, oh, is he going to call me? And here he is, tax collector. In, in those days, tax collectors, they were very despised. No one liked the, the tax collectors. You know, but think about it today. We don't like IRS. Especially when they start taking our money. Taking what we don't work hard earned and you be telling me I got to pay you back. But for Matthew, that was a wonderful feeling for him to call him. And I'm leaving everything and immediately following him. It is entirely possible that Matthew had heard Jesus and his teaching or seen him in performing miracles. It had to be. He was watching and Jesus intensely because you, you're just not going to follow somebody you don't have a clue about. You're not going to follow somebody that I don't know where you're really going. You, you, you're telling me you, you're a leader, but you... you I don't know. You, what's your vision? What What do you have? What you got going on? Where are you taking me? But he must have known. His faith knew that Jesus had known that Jesus was the one who performed miracles, did all the things that he had done in those times. Either way, Matthew didn't hesitate when he called him. And why, by him not hesitating, it shows us simply that Jesus was showing him the way to the kingdom. Some people are being hesitant even in our lives and in our time because some of us who call ourselves Christians, who call ourselves saved, you're not living a born again lifestyle from turning away from sin. So now they don't know if to come or I'm, you telling me you follow me, you, I'm going to follow you to the kingdom, but you don't look like you're showing me the kingdom. You're showing me everything else but the kingdom. We have to be careful. Jesus said, in the book of John, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. When the Jews asked for proof that Jesus was the Christ, part of his answer was, <laughs> my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. John 10 and 27 NIV version. See, they wanted proof. Just like people today, they want proof that you are a Christian. They want proof that you saved. They want proof that you're born again. But the thing of it is, Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. People that are truly your people, they, 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 they spirit bear witness with your spirit. I don't have to prove anything who I am because my spirit, my lifestyle, my, who I am ought to be able to show you God is the center of my life. It's only Jesus' voice that brings us lasting peace. It's only Jesus' voice that brings us discernment. 
It's only Jesus' voice that brings us wisdom that we need. It's only Jesus' voice that will give us the strength to endure this heart, this life on this earth. I ain't going to say hard life, but it's life on this earth. Things has become difficult, and there's some things that have been a thorn in our flesh, but nevertheless, His grace is still sufficient. Jesus' followers know He cares deeply for them. They knew that he protected them and they knew he would guide them even to eternal life. It wasn't just the 12 disciples who received the invitation to follow, who received the command to follow. We can read even in Luke 10 and 1 that Jesus appointed 72 other followers to be sent out and prepare the way for Jesus' upcoming visits. There was others that were sent out. There was others that was doing the work in the field. Not just sitting behind four walls and that's where the ministry is. How long are we going to continue to preach to one another? How long are we going to continue to preach to the ones that should already have it? How long even as Jesus said, I don't need to preach to you. I didn't come as a physician. I didn't come for those who wasn't sick. If you hold, you know, you have no need of me. How long are we going to continue to preach to folks that's whole? Jesus had other followers to prepare the way. And we find another story of one man who received the invitation, but things did not go well for him. There are a lot of people that receive that same command, follow me. Some say invitation, some say command, I say command. You think about it. Jesus counseled the rich young ruler. You remember that story in Matthew? I think it's around 19th chapter. The rich man ruler came. He came to Jesus. Jesus didn't come to him. Think, listen to that. Jesus with everybody else. He, Jesus went to them. This young, rich, young, a rich young ruler came to Jesus and asked him, "What good thing must I do?" Think about this now. Think about this. Take take heed to this. You have Jesus going to Jesus know when he pulled you from. The life that you once lived to be a, a partaker now with the walk of Christianity, the walk of wholeness, the walk of righteousness. Jesus knows I'm pulling you out because I know there's something great in you. But when you always have people coming to you and want to ask you questions, that is a should be a, a red flag. Uh, you ask me a question because a lot of time people want to try to be analytical. A lot of time people want to try to be a, a debate and have you compromise on what you believe. So we have to be very careful about that. This young ruler came to Jesus and asked him, what good thing must I do to inherit, want to say inherit eternal life or get into eternal life? Jesus pointed out that salvation does not come from doing good deeds. See, a lot of time people, and it's a new flesh. A lot of people think that I, I'm doing good things and I'm uh, giving money to the mission, the poor, the homeless, the safe house. And I'm doing all this good stuff. And that's good stuff, but it's not God's stuff. It's good ideas, but it's not God ideas. Or have the Holy Spirit prompt you to change your life. Have you done a... See, change is good. And change is what we need. But the radical change is when I turn from my wicked ways and now I come before him. And that I'm no longer who I used to be. But now I am transformed by the renewing of my mind. And he called me a new creature. 
Salvation does not come from doing good deeds. It's coming from, I accept Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The one who died on the cross for me. When he got on the cross, he ended up dying and he rose again on the third day and then entered into the heavens. And now I can say, Abba, Father, because of the relationship I now have with my Father. Because of the blood covenant relationship. Good deeds is not going to get you into the eternal life. But a changed life. A renewed mind. Having faith and believing in the one who came down and hung on the cross for you and I. And he's coming back again. That's what will get you into eternal life. Knowing this man's heart, Jesus told him. Talking about the young ruler. He knew his heart. Jesus just the same way he know our heart. He know who's going to be fully for him. He's going to know who's going to be against him. Jesus said, look, some, even in the days of the multitude, some accepted me, some rejected me, but nobody could deny me. Nobody could deny the power that was already on my life. Nobody could deny the anointing that flowed from my life. Nobody could deny the oil that I carry. Nobody could deny that I was appointed for a time such as this. The healing and deliverance and the opening of the eyes of the blind and release the it was happening. That was his ministry. But Jesus knew this man's heart. That's why he told him to sell all you have. Sell all your possession and give to the poor. And then come follow me. <laughs> he didn't say to her. He said, and then come follow me. But the rich man loved his money more than he loved God. And he left with a sad and heavy heart. Why? Because now the the love of money is the root of all evil. Now, it, it, what is it to gain the whole world and now lose your soul? This is what he was doing. Jesus' teaching to the young ruler was referring to the first commandment. You should have no other God before me. And I tell people all the time, and I will continue to say it, God give us something, and he tell us, and let me tell you, just make this nugget and put it in here, because some people say, well, God don't want us rich. Let me tell you something. God said it, it bring him pleasure to see his children prosper. And he also declared and told us that it was his good pleasure, not only to see us prosper and, and be in good health, but even as our soul prosper. But at the same time, Jesus said, the transfer of the wicked to the hands of the just. Jesus want to put it in people's hands that know how to handle it. When you love your money more than you love him, it's a problem. God give us, he said, I give you all things to pertain to life and godliness. He give us the money that we have. He said, money answers all things. Is that not according to scripture? So God give us stuff to utilize, but never to idolize. When we start idolizing things, that's when we start moving forward. We, we like the young ruler. He loved his money more than he loved God. And he left with a sad and heavy heart because Jesus already knew what was in his heart. And he poured it and he was able to expose it. Jesus teaching to the young ruler was referring to the first commandment. Same thing he's telling us. You should have no other God before me. He's a God, our Father is a jealous God. So why are you going to sit here and have another God before him? Exodus 23, that's the scripture. 
The rich young ruler, wealth was his god and idol that he hadn't made. He wasn't willing to give it up to follow Jesus. And that was a problem. Nothing should come between us and God. Nothing. The Bible tells us to let nothing separate us from the love of God. We should be willing to give up all we have if he asks us to. Without a shadow of a doubt, without any apprehension, without any reservations. Look, God, you want, okay. I don't want to miss my, my point in the kingdom because I'm not willing to give up what God tell me to give up. I'm not willing to sow what he tell me to sow. I'm not willing to be a blessing because where he tell me to be a blessing. You know how folks is, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that for you. And then when stuff happens, they don't do it. But nothing should become between you and the God. Following Jesus means humbly submitting our entire self to him. It means we undertake a radical change. Keyword, radical change. In lifestyle. Just as the disciples did. You and I are no better than the disciples. If they had to do it, surely we do it as well. For the Bible said we leave the old things of life behind when we recognize Jesus as Messiah and our personal Savior. Behold, I do a new thing. Shall it spring forth and ye not know it? Following Jesus including includes learning and applying his teaching through out our life with the help of Holy Spirit. We can't do anything without Holy Spirit. And a lot of times people say Christ is in my heart, but Christ is on the right hand of the Father. He can't be in your heart and on the right in your heart too. Right hand of the Father in your heart too. No, that's why he said when I leave, I'm leaving a comforter that will teach you all things. We speak not in words taught us by human wisdom. What we know, what we learn, what we have heard and seen and do, we don't speak in the words taught by, uh, uh, to us by human wisdom, but in the words taught by the Spirit of the living God. That's why people don't sometimes understand you. How you doing this? How you doing that? Why you, how you saying that? Why, where that's coming from? Because the Holy Spirit speaks mysteries unto us when we stay in His presence and commune with Him. Don't stay in His presence and you're the only one doing all the talking. At some point, take heed to what He's saying. He wants to talk. He wants to show you the resolutions and, and, and the resolvements of whatever you're dealing with. Spiritual truth and spiritual words. But when Jesus said, follow me. He knew your heart. He knew my heart and anyone else's heart. May we be like Peter who... When asked by the Lord if he would desert him, replied and said, Lord, who else, can, where else can we go? Who else is there to follow? Where else is there for me to go? God, you all that I know. You all that I have. When everybody else walked away from me, you were still there. Where else can I go? If I make my bed in hell, you there. If I might make my bed in wherever the parts of the earth, you're still there. 
Jesus, you have the words of eternal life. The same words that I need in my life, in our life. We are convinced and will continue to be convinced that Jesus is the Holy One of God. Who came down from his home of glory to redeem us back unto the Father. And when this life is all over, said and done, he's coming back in the second coming, in the gathering to bring us back to the our rightful place. Will you be one that follows Jesus? Will you be one that forsake all and follow him? Will you be one that he has your total heart wholeheartedly? He has every part of your heart. My answer is yes, Lord. I will follow you. I can't speak for you, but I can speak for me. What will your answer be? Because mine is, yes, Lord, I will follow you. There is no other way to the kingdom of heaven but by Jesus Christ. Who lead us all on this path of righteousness sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. I will follow you. One songwriter said, I say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart will I agree. And my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. Will that be your answer today? Will that be your confession today? Will that be your heart note today? That God, I say yes. God, I surrender all to you. I've been through the rocks and been through the high mountain and through the low valley. But God, I find that there is none like you. None can do our heart like he does. What will your answer be today? Continue to follow Jesus. Continue to learn of his statue. Psalms 119 declares, It was good that I was afflicted, that I may learn of your statues. It was good that I was afflicted. Did affliction feel good? Absolutely not. But was it working for my good? Yes, it was. That's why Romans begin to say, In all things, we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God and called according to his purpose. Because it was working for our good. 
that that I learned now I can apply and I can do. The things that I've heard, learned, seen in him now do. That a God of peace shall be with us. That even in the midst of him being with us, I'll be blameless before the enemy or anybody that try to bring judgment towards me because now I've learned of his statutes. I am so thankful to learn of his statutes. I'm so thankful for the chastisement. It wasn't joyous, but it yielded much fruit. I'm so thankful to know I have a loving father who hears me when I cry. I have a loving father who hears me when I moan. I have a loving father who hears me even when I can't even get words out of my mouth. He sometimes can read my tears. And God is not like man to hold stuff over your head. Dangle stuff over your head that you've been the problem. You were this, you were that. The betrayal, the rejection, the hurt, the ego entanglement, all that types of stuff. But God said, uh-uh, that's not, that condemnation is not on me. I may convict, but condemnation is of the enemy. Continue to grow stronger in the Lord as you follow him. Continue to grow in grace and in his mercy. Continue to grow knowing that God's got something great for me. And I know it because if I am still alive, that lets me know he has a plan for my life. Continue to seek his face and he will be found by you. I don't have any announcements for this week. Continue to keep us in prayer at CRC International Ministry, CRC LLC. We're still kind of going through grief and we're still going through transition, but God is still doing something mighty. Somebody asked me today, what other projects are you working on? <laughs> and yes, I'm working on, you know, some more things, but in God's timing. He make all things happen in his perfect timing. And I'm so thankful about it. I pray God's blessing upon you. I pray God's speed upon you. I pray God's hand of mercy continue to be upon you. That God get the glory out of your story. Your voice needs to be heard. And in the point of following him, he allowed that to happen. Trust him in the transition. He won't fail you. He won't leave you. He won't hurt you. But he will love you until you be come just like Jesus Christ. All right, this is your girl, CL Sus. Much love.